2018 premium diesel. Joe Montana, Buster Douglas, John Elway, John Elway. Daisy, right, Soy, Blitz right, Travolta right, pumpkin left, alert, Charlotte left, on one. Bunch right, Zach, we'll go 15 tip scissors, cannon to 300 jet F stick. Victory is a great play call. Coaches, welcome. We are fired up to have you here. This has been months in the making, I think. Uh, this started as an idea at football practice one day with me and Rashad. Jake jumped in on it as well. We are really, really excited to bring you the first episode of the Play Callers Club podcast. This is where we are going to focus on really the top, what we consider, I guess, the top designs in offensive football our favorite guys that we love to follow, our favorite teams that we love to follow, and try to give you guys a deep dive each and every week into what we think is the best in offensive football. It's going to be very focused. Uh, it's really for coaches and educated fans. I think that's that's kind of what we're we're thinking is if you're if you're here listening, you're probably either a coach or you're somebody that cares a lot about the game and you want to know the the inner workings of the game. And so we are three high school football coaches that are hoping to do just that and give you guys some of that insight that we've gained over years of coaching and studying the game as, as hard as we can. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce the co-hosts here, Rashad Bates and Jake Hubenak. I'm going to let them tell the, tell you a little bit about themselves before we get start, get started with the podcast. And, uh, and I'm fired up to have them. They're both incredible fathers. They're both uh, incredible coaches and, and great friends. And we're going to have a good time putting this podcast together. So I'm going to kick it over to Rashad to introduce himself first. Yeah, really, uh, really excited to be part of this and be able to talk football. I've been talking football my whole life, it feels like. Um, for me, growing up in the Northeast, I uh, watched a lot of Big Ten football with my dad. My dad's Steelers fan, my mom's an Eagles fan. In our household, the rule was you got to hate the Cowboys, you know. That's, that was the rule. <laughs> Don't I like our teams? We got to hate the Cowboys, so. Just like Jake. Uh, <laughs> Just like Jake. Yep. Right? Hit him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so my grandparents uh, lived in Tampa. I used to go there every summer. So I was brainwashed as a Buccaneers fan. So uh, that's my team. I'm still uh, I'm still healing over losing Tom Brady. Um, we have to figure out the whole uh, Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield situation, but we'll see. But for me, uh, I played high school football, and I played a little bit in college for a school, a school called Albright College. Played there for a little bit, then I transferred over to um, West Virginia. And I immediately got into coaching football at a local high school and undergrad, wide receivers, DBs. Then um, I moved I moved around for work over the years. So I lived in Florida, coached there, lived in Arizona, coached there as well. Now I'm coaching here in Texas. I'm very proud to be a Texas high school football coach. I coach with Dan, uh, coach wide receivers and pass game coordinator. So um, love the game, love football. I mean, I eat it, sleep it, breathe it. I'm that person. I was a kid that had Sports Illustrated magazines all over the house. Um, really quick story, really quick story. When I was like, I guess, eight or nine, my dad bought me, um, I wanted a video game for, for my birthday. And my dad bought me, I really wanted NFL Blitz. That was a cool game. It's a good one. It's a fun one, right? Like backyard football style, right? He got okay, me mad at and I was so upset he got me mad. And I was like so <laughs> angry. I was like, why did he get me mad in, right? But so thankful because I was able to learn football. So thanks, Dad, for getting me Madden because it definitely grew my grew my love of the game. And uh, yeah, pass it off to Jake. 
You got the oh, no. you got Dan with the four verts shirt. That's four verts too on Madden. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta let it rip, baby. We gotta let it rip. All right, I'm Jay Kubanak, like Rashad said. Just excited to be here. This has kind of been in the works for a little while, so just ready to get it up and running, whether we have one listener or one million, you know, we're just gonna sit here and talk football and enjoy ourselves and like Dan said, this is you know, stuff we've just been doing in a room by ourselves. So hopefully you know, if you got friends, pass it along to them. Other coaches, pass it along. Guys that are doing water cooler talk at the office, pass it along. <laughs> you know, we just want we want everybody involved. We want, you know, guys' feedback. So just a little bit of background on me. Grew up in Georgetown, Texas, just a little bit north of Austin. Um, kind of like Rashad said, grew up, you know, watching Sports Center, watching football my entire life. I was that kid that was up at five in the morning, you know, throwing the football and then going and jumping and diving on the couch <laughs> on the other side, catching it, you know, just oh, yeah. kind of imagine I was Tom Brady throwing the ball to Randy Moss. Um, <laughs> so kind of a little bit of my fandom background, as you can see, I'm an Aggie, grew up an Aggie, had a little bit of time cheering for the Longhorns can't lie about it you know everybody <laughs> did from 2005 to two, everybody did from 2005 to 2009 it's okay it's when Longhorns are really good, good good years good years um, VY VY I, just, I try to you know act like that didn't happen but I know some of my friends might listen to this and they're going to call me on it so I'm just going to put it out just there. own it own it right off the bat and then you know same thing with my NFL fandom my very first NFL game I went to was a Jets game so I thought it would be a good idea to be a Jets fan and then wow Shocker. Soon realized how bad they were and was like, this is not fun. <laughs> so went on the Tom Brady route, you know, favorite player. Let's cheer for the Patriots. And then when he left to the Bucks, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, that's, I'll let Rashad have that. That's Rashad's <laughs> life over Thank there. You. So I was like, you know, I really thought about it. And I was like, the Cowboys are terrible right now. Now is the time to, to ride with America's team. So went, went with the Cowboys. Here we are. So, any cowboy slander I will not be taking. And there you go. Mike McCarthy's going to do great things for us this year. <laughs> um, but just He's a little a bit of my football background. A true believer. Like I said, grew up, born and raised Georgetown, Texas. Played quarterback at Georgetown High School. Went to Oklahoma State for a year. Transferred over to Blinn. Played a year there. And then finished my last three years at Texas A&M playing quarterback there. Um, once I got done there, coached for four years in high school. Um, this past year, actually got out of public education, did my first year of virtual coaching. Love it. With Dan. <laughs> Love Loved it. every second of it. Um, looking forward to what we're going to dial up this year. And now we've got the Play Callers Club here. Let's go. That is big time. That is big time. Yeah, well, a little bit of my background. Uh, if If you're stumbling upon this through social media, Twitter, Instagram, something like that, you may maybe familiar. I've kind of been messing around on, on the internet with football for a while. And the, the reason that is, is because when I was 24 years old, I got my first head coaching job, coaching eight man football at a tiny little private school in Raleigh, North Carolina. I was the only coach on campus at the, uh, at the time for a few of those years. And I was just desperate to talk football with anyone and everyone. And so that's really what I, why I got on Twitter and started messing around, started posting stuff, started reaching out to coaches and really developed into more than just a passion, I think, for football. It, it kind of an, maybe an obsession would be more uh, more of a apt description of it. But even even back further than that, as a, as a kid, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, 
my whole family was Penn State football fans. My first football game was uh, Penn State, Nebraska, when Larry Johnson, it was the season Larry Johnson rushed for 2,000 yards. It was electric. It was a whiteout game, beat Nebraska. Uh, just kind of one of those like formative memories that you'll you'll never forget. Like as long as you live, you'll never forget doing something like that. And I just remember sitting in those stands being like, man, I want to be down on that field uh, and really wanted to to be down on that field as a player. I was not a very good player. I ended up playing be Larry Johnson. I wanted to be Larry Johnson. <laughs> I wanted to get the rock. Uh, realized that I don't know if I, I liked contact. I wasn't about that life so much. So I played a little quarterback in high school. As soon as I got to to college at Davidson College, the FCS school outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, day one on campus, realized pretty quickly that uh, my arm strength wasn't uh, wasn't quite right for the college mm. game. It just you know, I, I you can't you just can't live off of hitches in the college game like you can in high school. <laughs> no, you cannot. I'll, I'll test to that. <laughs> so so we were trying to push the ball down the field, and it just wasn't happening. And uh, so I, mm-hmm. I ended up switching to safety, had a great experience playing and uh, such a great experience that I vowed after I graduated from college that I would never touch the defensive side of the ball ever again in my life. Um, I wasn't trying to get run over anymore. Uh, defense is hard, man. It is tough. And I've, I've really enjoyed studying offensive football, became a uh, head coach, offensive coordinator, super young. Uh, made the move down to Texas a few years ago, loving loving time at Episcopal, getting to work with Rashad and Jake, and uh, it's just an unbelievable experience. And Texas high school football is uh, is truly one of the most unique things I think in in the in the country in the football universe, really. Um, but our our obsession, our, our shared obsession, is really offensive football. We love studying, we love diving in. We our goal is to really bring you the best of NFL college. And, and when I say college, don't think like sec power five, of course we'll touch on that, but we'll also, we'll get in the weeds with G five. We'll do some FCS. We might even get down and dirty with some division three and division two NAIA. Like we're going to, we're going to be peeking at everything. If you've been on my Twitter feed, I'm, 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 I'm big into, to turning over every stone and seeing what we can find. Good football is good football. I think, I think we can all agree on that. So we'll even we'll even get into some high school stuff, man. I mean, being down here in Texas, there's just so many good coaches. We want to highlight all that. And uh, so I guess the first thing we'll do in this inaugural episode is kick it off by asking. We'll start with Jake this time. Favorite offense that you've ever had the chance to watch in football. First of all, I want to say respect to any of the defensive coaches that might stumble upon the podcast here you're definitely welcome we don't we don't jake, turn don't away defensive that. coaches that, or special teams we, oh, we, wel- no. we welcome all that, that want to listen we just might not talk about what you want to hear but um i would go and i will probably make some some aggie fans mad here but 2019 oh, no. lsu has to Ooh. be i know a little recent little recency bias there um mm. But got to see him play in person. Actually, when I went on my bachelor party, we went to New Orleans <laughs> and we went we went over to Baton Rouge for the A and M LSU game. And I think they dropped like a sixty piece on us. And honestly, not sure if we scored because I think we headed out when it was like fifty to zero, which also doesn't make me the best fan either. But oh, was, man. We, were, we were at the top and we were getting hounded by some by some tigers up there, but. It was a night that Joe Burrow ran out, and he had the Burrow with like the Ooh. EA UX on the back. Oh like, man. man, 
Yeah, special we night. Are, we are in trouble on this night, but <laughs> it's like you're I rooting this, against him, but you have chills. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. just it was cool too to see, you know, because A and M had played them the year before, and that was the seventy-four to seventy-two game. But I mean, if you remember correctly, I think it was like twenty-eight, twenty-eight, maybe at the end of regulation, something along those lines, maybe thirty-five, thirty-five. It's not like. You know, LSU was really storming up and down the field, you know, throwing up points. And you could you could kind of see, you know, the talent Joe Burrow had and some of the some of the younger receivers and whatnot, but you were like, Yeah, you know, this is just kind of your regular LSU offense, you know, they're kinda of gonna lean on their defense. And then all of a sudden they come out the next year and they're running a bunch of empty. I'm sure Dan's got some some empty Oh, I do love empty. Pl- plug the <laughs> the guide to empty over there. Yeah. Um, but just I mean, watching Joe Burrow run that offense with with the guys in the skill positions they had, Clyde Clyde Edwards Alaire, the way they moved Oof. him around, um, Thaddeus Moss, I mean, super underrated at tight end, and then Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, I mean, that's just what embarrassment of riches that they had over there. But at the same time, when you're really watching. You know, the schemes that they're running, it's just, I mean, truly an unstoppable offense, and that's why they broke, you know, as many records as they did. So I think, you know, you just turn the film on any game you watch. You can watch the Alabama game that year when they went, you know, toe-to-toe with Tua and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and all the guys they had, and then on, you know, the Clemson game against Trevor Lawrence in the national championship. I think the Texas game early in the year, you know, oh, yeah. challenged – early in the year against Texas, I mean, you're kind of thinking, you know, they're really going to be able to pull this out. And then I can't remember, I think it was third and 15, 16 or something. And Joe Burrow, classic Joe Burrow fashion, steps up in the pocket, avoids the rush, hits, I think it was Justin Jefferson on a dig route, and the rest is history. You know, they lose that game. The trajectory of their season looks completely different. No doubt. So just, just fun to watch that offense kind of grow, even all the way back to the year before. Um, but, yeah. That's mine. 2019 so, so Jake, LSU. Question for you from a from a coach's perspective, and f- me as a coach, I want you to answer this from a quarterback's perspective. Okay. For for Joe Burrow to take that leap from year one to year two, so like a little bit of background, right? It's like Joe Brady comes in from the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. so they end up running a lot of that kind of Sean Payton pro style. Mm-hmm. It's like pro style spread, right? Where you're seeing right. a lot of empty, you're seeing a lot of like. You know, three verts. You're seeing you're seeing some just like really, uh, really great concepts. Um, but again, you need the personnel to be able to execute. Obviously, they and like you said, an embarrassment of riches at the receiver position. Joe Burrow became the first overall pick. What is what is that shift in you know bringing those concepts in due to a quarterback, or is it simply just like, hey, I'm more comfortable with my teammates. I'm able to throw back shoulder shades now. Like really, any offense could work with this personnel. Yeah, it's definitely a combination of both. Um, I think I'll start with the concepts. I think when you just turn on the film, you see that they had answers to every you know problem that they had. And sometimes that even is just you know singling up your best player. But I mean that's an answer when you've no got doubt. a dude like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson to just you know if they're going to put one guy on them, you know that's a matchup we're going to win every single time. But I just think the way that you know, they would spread a defense out, you know, with the combination of tempo and then all of a sudden you, you know, they're kind of in, all of a sudden they're in a pro style offense. It just, the way they mixed and matched really 
not even from game to game, like within the game and within a series, you know, they just, I think it made it hard for defenses to have answers. And then going back to just, um, you know, year one to year two, it also is just the, like you said, the timing with your teammates, Mm -hmm. that time in the summer, I think you really saw Joe Burrow. I mean, you see any behind the scenes videos and stuff. You could see he took a little bit more of a leadership role. I'm sure he had that leadership role year one. As you get more comfortable with your teammates, you know, he, I think he was a fifth-year senior at the time. Right. And then you just you have that time, you know, not even just in the season, but all the way back to – I'm sure they they finished that season. I think it was the Fiesta Bowl against UCF the year before. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, they win the Fiesta Bowl, and it's – you know, it doesn't just start in spring football. You know, it starts the second you get back, you know, from winter break. And they're, no you know, they're starting to get rolling. You're starting to work – you know, reps with each other. And then you take that into the spring, you take it into the summer and it's, there's no gaps, you know, in between those times. And you could tell, you know, in those games in the biggest situations, you know, against Clemson, you know, they get, they kind of got hit in the mouth against Clemson a little bit and they had a couple right. of drives where they're, you know, starting backed up on their one yard line. But, you know, when you go back to what you know and what you've trained for, you know, as long as a year, even longer, that's, you know, going to be pretty hard to stop no doubt about it no doubt about it i love that that's uh that's a good answer that's also kind of an easy answer though right jake <laughs> it is when you're, when you're talking about that offense that's <laughs> so rashad you gotta you gotta give us something now you gotta give us right, something right. you gotta, um, you gotta bring that you gotta bring that level of detail jake just jake just brought some brought some good stuff yeah he, he made it he made it fun he made it tough man i'm gonna I'm gonna go go back into the archives. Y'all ready for this? You go. go to uh, the greatest show on turf. Ooh, um, there you go. Speaking of which, is the Rams when they had Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Terry Holt, uh, Ricky Prohl. They had just a squad on offense. Orlando Pace, you know, and they were special. They were running empty, not under oh, shotgun, yeah. but Love. not not out of gun, yeah, but baby. under center. <laughs> And doing gotta five step drops. <laughs> gotta love empty under center, just looking absolutely brutal for a quarterback. <laughs> I did a, I did a little bit of, of that in my time at Blend, doing some doing some half rolls, yes. angle Running angle shoot. drops, going to my left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it was insane. actually I was watching like a game last week with like the Eagles. It was Eagles versus Rams, like 2002 season. Um, it was a year where the that's the 2001. That's the year where the Rams uh, lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl. So the Eagles played against them week one, lost in overtime. Then they played against them again in the MC Championship game and lost. But it was wild watching that game because both teams no shotgun, and it was like wow. Every team was both teams. I mean, with the with the Rams, they had um, Marshall Falk. I mean, he was the ultimate weapon, oh, right? Unbelievable. They would just put him in the backfield, and they would just toss it right, toss it left to him. But also to give him give him a lot of action at, at um as as like a, as a wide receiver as well mm-hmm. and send him in motion and he would do a little, little jet motion with a little hitch jet motion with a big post and he was just their their guy underneath um, linebackers couldn't cover him because back in the early two thousand if you're a linebacker yeah you're a three down linebacker but really you're a thumper I mean yeah you're, you're, like you're, you're there. Kirkland. Yeah, you're exactly. You're like Jeremiah Trotter. You're like <laughs> yeah, right. making a tackle, right? Like you're not you're not there to cover Marshall Falk. But that team was special because having Marshall, he was a catalyst to that whole offense. I know Kurt mm-hmm. was the one who got the MVP, but Marshall was that piece that was really special because as you know with today's NFL, right? Running backs are kind of undervalued. But back in those days, early two thousands, I mean, having Marshall as your as your wide receiver, your third as your 
I mean, we're, we're saying he's a third option between Isaac Bruce and Terry Hall, but Isaac Bruce is a Hall of Famer, so it makes sense. But <laughs> he he was special for them, and oh, he no made that offense work really well. Marshall Falk and, was a weapon on Madden, too. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, goodness. Unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, he was. Go, go. Classic HB toss to the outside. Oh, I'm yeah. that, Never dude. <laughs> it's like, good luck. Good luck. Also, also fun fact, um, Sean Payton, apparently, I think Sean Payton was his uh, position coach at uh, San Diego State. So, um, really, I was watching that game. I was learning that and saying how Sean Payton, the way he coached Marshall, uh, he coached him like a quarterback. So, he taught him just what to look for, you know, when it came to pass pro, when it came to running routes, when it came to just running lanes. So, it makes sense why he was such a transformational player. But, yeah, greatest show on turf. I mean, you know, Kurt, we all know Kurt Warner's story, right? From, you know, playing at playing Arena League and Grocery Bagger to, you know, over under, I mean, um, overnight success, and which is special seeing that seeing those teams over the years. But the biggest thing I learned from them, more than anything, was how the NFL just makes adjustments so quickly. Oh, because in that 2000, 2000, that 2000, 2000, 2001 season is when they were like that at their at their height. The 2002, they got figured out. I mean, teams were just teams were finding ways to essentially spy Marshall or poach him. Whenever Marshall would go out to like that, they go out to like number three guy, like an empty. They'll have the corner poach him. So they'll find ways just to like smart, get him. smart defensive coaches. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember, but from uh, it took right? four years, <laughs> right? I don't know if you guys remember, but in that Super Bowl versus the Patriots, what the Patriots did against them, they kept just like they, they were just bullying, just bump and run, right? So yep, yep. teams kind of carried that into that next season, and they kind of they kind of went away, unfortunately. So it's it's with offenses, you got to reinvent, right? You got to reinvent each year because teams find ways to figure you out. Yeah, that's that's a huge challenge. I think too when I when I think back to the greatest show on turf, I'm like Mike Martz. I, somebody asked him about his use of like shifts and motions and like what oh, the yeah. rationale was behind it, and he was just like, basically just to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, we're gonna make the defense like get all jumbled up. Like it's not like there's not necessarily always a rhyme or reason for it. And I think right. I remember I remember reading that at one point. It maybe it may have been an interview some somewhere that he did, and I was like you know what? That's reasonable. Like, let's just move around. Like, why don't we just yeah. move around? <laughs> why don't we shift? Why don't we motion? Why don't we move around? Um, and there doesn't always have to be this like really specific, well thought out reason. It's just like make the defense reset. Um, and I think they were doing it, obviously, you know, other teams were obviously doing it, but they were doing it at to such a high degree and playing with some tempo and just like mm -hmm. blowing people off the field. And it was, it was fun to watch, that's for sure. I I, I think what's crazy about the gr greatest show on turf to me is I did a lot of work on them in the empty study. A couple things from the greatest show on turf made it in there, and that offense is still like is still sound today. Like it's not mm -hmm. out of style. Like yeah. they're they're maybe not in the shotgun, but like all those pass concepts, they're good. They're great. <laughs> it's a <it'll> work. <laughs> they're great. So I'm I'm about I'm about it for sure. Uh, but Rashad, I mean, is that also kind of an easy answer? I mean, you guys are taking like maybe two of the greatest offenses in the NFL and college of all time, and you're leaving me to like you're leaving me to like dig through like FCS or something. I'm not gonna have to dig through FCS. We're leaving you, well. leaving you 2008 <laughs> Texas Tech. Ooh, that's Graham a good Harrell. one. That's a there good you one. Go. You know, there I mean, I do. I do love the air raid. Um, rest in peace to the pirate. Uh, yeah. Fun fact for me, actually, I I played for Matt Mummy at Davidson College. He ran the air raid at Davidson College for a few years um, before going on to bigger and better things. Um, so I got I got a taste of the air raid from the defensive side of the ball. 
Um, so I got to defend mesh maybe, you know, as much as, you know, just about any safety in FCS history in practice. As I much guess. as, as much as you've posted it, that's about how many times <laughs> did you, so uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, returning the favor to the, to the football world. Did you, uh, did I, you figure I, it out? Were you like, were you playing no, a robber or were you kind of just like, no, listen, just, okay. listen, I didn't figure much <laughs> out smoke on the rail route. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't figure out much in college, which is the reason I'm coaching and not playing. Um, no, so I'm, I'm going to go FCS here. I'm going to go FCS. Um, and, but it's, I mean, maybe an easy answer from like the FCS perspective, but again, I just came out of doing like a real deep dive study on empty. So I'm, this is like my obsession right now, 2016 Eastern Washington. Ooh. Yes. All right. Is that Cooper We're talking Cooper cup, mm -hmm. his senior year, he was unstoppable like complete like completely unstoppable imagine cooper cup who like led the nfl in receiving at fcs football now don't get me wrong like i'm a i'm a big i'm a big sky conference aficionado yeah. i love the big sky i think you know shoot if you can go live up in the big sky country and coach football that's a good life right there for you but that year so this is this is kind of cool that year you got cooper cup you also have kendrick Bourne. Who played receiver there? He played in the NFL for. That. I think he's still maybe in the league. Like still, he, was, yeah, he was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Falling out with the with the Niners. Maybe is he is he still with the Niners? Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't pretty remember. Pretty positive. Uh, yeah, but that's like two like start NFL starters at receiver for an FCS team. The offensive coordinator. He got. Uh, he was brought up to Eastern Washington. He was coaching high school football in Folsom, California. Troy Taylor, who is now the head coach yeah. of Stanford. Yep. Um, and Troy came in there and worked with Bo Baldwin, who's now the offensive coordinator at Arizona State. Um, sorry for the history lesson, but I'm, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole with these guys. And they did some of the coolest stuff on offense. They they were an empty a ton. Of course, I had to had to throw it out there. Um, they beat Washington State in their their opener, their road opener, forty five to forty two. It was a shootout. Cooper Cup was going crazy. Uh, their their only loss during the regular season was to the number one ranked North Dakota State Bison. Am I saying that right? Bison. You are. Um, and then they they ran the table. They took them to overtime in the Fargo Dome. Uh, but if you go back and watch the film, I mean, it's fun to watch Cooper Cup. They had a walk on quarterback, freaking slinging it around. They were in empty quads, running screens, running four verts. It is. A super fun offense to watch. We'll have to uh, we'll have to to drop some uh, drop some on on Twitter or something. Some of this was that, uh, was that the year after because Vernon Adams was there, right? And so yeah, he, he transferred to Oregon. out. He went to Oregon, I believe. He went to Oregon. Yeah, so he was there. I don't know if it was the previous year or maybe the, even the year before. Maybe it was twenty fifteen. Like I feel like he was there twenty fifteen. Maybe that's yeah, why they had a walk on but, quarterback. But yeah, they had year. a walk on quarterback. Gabe. I can't remember his his. Uh, let me look this up. Okay, Gabe Gabrud probably butchered that pronunciation. I think he ended up transferring out as well to like Washington State or something like that. But Ball dude, the, I mean, that offense was so much fun to watch. I have literally cut up the entire season from 2016 because it's it's so good. Huge Troy Taylor fan. Thought he did a great job at Sac State. I think he's gonna do it as good a job as you can do at Stanford right now. Fair. I, I, I hope I hope it's been I, some it has been done. Stanford has been done. But it's Andrew getting Lark, hard, man. It's getting hard. It's getting hard. Like, can they like theoretically they should be able to pay, right? Like all those tech bros should be able to pay 
Oh, yeah. like, do they do they care enough to pay to yeah. be competitive in football? Um, By the way, Kendrick Bourne currently with the Patriots butchered that. Oh man, I knew I knew he was in the league, but I he was last, he was with the 49ers for like three years. Now he's okay, that's where I remember him. All the Shanahan stuff. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But that's that's not a bad rundown. That LSU offense is incredible. The greatest show on turf, incredible. Um, and for for those uh, psychopaths who want to check out <laughs> FCS football and watch everybody's playing on like a red, purple, yellow field in FCS. So if you want to just murder your eyeballs, you can watch some FCS football. Playing, you know, playing in a, crazy playing too. in the elements. Mm. It's kind of crazy yeah. too. We, I mean, before all this, not even today, we all kind of discussed like what our kind of focuses will be, kind of what we'll be experts on. And you kind of said you're going to be the football sicko that just finds <laughs> the most random thing. That's true. Rashad said he's going to be the NFL guy, and I said I'm there going to be go. the college guy. So it just kind of worked out. That's I, th- that's I, I mean, I think it's pick. it's on brand. I think it's on brand. Um, and on I, brand. I think you'll get, just get used to this. Get used to this style. Uh, Rashad relentlessly watches the NFL. I don't know if Jake misses – a college I miss, game. I don't miss any football <laughs> games ever. <laughs> and I just tunnel on YouTube for endless hours trying to scrap together, uh, you know, something odd to post on Twitter. And so, you know, I mean, it, I think it tracks. I think it tracks. I'm actually maybe not the best football fan sitting on the couch. I think that maybe my ADD that kicks in um, that I just I can't handle commercials, man. So. Mm. How do, you, just, how do you watch? Like, have you seen you that? I, don't, I can't. I don't know what movie it's from, but there's like that DiCaprio meme where he's like, and he's like pointing <laughs> at the TV, like that's you every time, like you're on counter or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. No, no, no. I'll get. I, I'll, I'll, I will get up off the couch and rewind it and record it on my phone. I mean, that's just. It it is is what it is. It's impossible. Doing it's really not full, fun full for me breakdown to watch with the kids and the wife. Like, yeah, no, I mean, they, I don't think it's fun for people this? to watch football with me. I don't think it's fun because I'm generally not cheering for anyone. I'm just like geeking out about like cool stuff that happens at the game. Um, or you'll see like, th- here's the thing that I'll, I'll do. Like I'll be watching a game. Like for example, last year when Tennessee was playing Clemson and I'm sitting there and I see the manager holding up a sign on third and double sticks. That's like, they're like, alert sign for third and double sticks and i'm like that is such a great idea like <laughs> why aren't we doing that why aren't <laughs> why don't we have a sign that tells everybody down in distance like you know and and that's like the only thing i can Fair. think about the rest of the rest of the quarter um and so it's just you know we all we all suffer differently so do our families <laughs> without a doubt without a doubt no, but I went through I went through a period of life where I didn't watch games live for like three years. Oh wow! And I would just watch the recordings, and I would buzz. I'd be able to buzz through a game in you know thirty minutes. So people think know, I watch a lot of football, but it's like you're you're going fast. Did you did you know the outcome of the game before you watched it? Or that was the problem. That was okay. that's what really right. killed my fandom. Which is that you know that's the downside of it, right? It's like right. You know, I, I kind of knew the where this was going to go. Beauty of live sport. 
Hulu does have live sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna do we're gonna do a podcast live during a game this year and make you sit there <laughs> make and me just watch suffer it through commercials without stopping. Oh man, yep. oh mm-hmm. man. See, I I don't think I've I can't remember the last time I sat on the couch and actually watched a game without like my laptop and my iPad watching other games or watching our huddle film. I mean, that's pretty much. That's pretty par for the course, though, right? That's what most football I mean, coaches do. Like, I assume that's, oh, yeah, right? that's a, yeah, you got to have your laptop, life. your iPad. Got to do it. Got to have the huddle out. Got to do the OTK. If some way ODK. to take a note on what you see, yeah. you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> that's, or yeah, you're enjoying but, yourself. One of the two. <laughs> see, see, that's where I could maybe use some help. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. this, maybe one week this season, mm-hmm. we just have to all get together and just actually enjoy ourselves and watch a football game. Maybe that'll be one of our goals. For the, the play callers club, we'll make Ooh, it happen. Maybe attend a game. We could do that. Mm. We could do that. Try to steal some signals. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if we can get it done. Yeah. See if we can get it done. So, Jake, you had mentioned kind of before we jumped on to record, you know, wanting to close out our first podcast with kind of giving people an idea of what they can be expecting for. Um, the remainder of the season. Uh, obviously, we're getting started in June. Uh, we'll be rolling through July with some previews that are going to be awesome. I'm fired up about our previews. We've been crushing film. Uh, but heading into the season, what are what are some things people can can be looking forward to with with the the Play College Club podcast? Yeah, just thinking about preseason. We know that kind of something we discussed. This is like the time when you know. Uh, as fans as coaches like you want to you want as much football content as possible right like you no you've been dying for it since last january since football season ended you kind of got a little taste of it during spring football but now it's like how much football can i consume before football season starts and that's why we <laughs> love you know, the hard, the hard knocks of the world <laughs> and um so you know we talked about like they got we got the quarterback um Netflix show coming out soon with yeah. I think we got Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, three very different quarterbacks, three very different stages of their career. So it'll be fun to just kind of talk, have some discussion, hear from you guys, you know, kind of on what you guys are thinking. Um, we've talked about kind of hitting all the different Texas colleges, um, what, you know, what they're running, what we, you know, you got some new coaches coming in, calling plays this year. I mean, off the top of my head, you got Bobby Petrino at A&M. You've got Connor McQueen, friend of the mm, program, guy. over at Incarnate Word. You got G.J. Kinney over at Texas State. You and just our got guy, so Matt many... Leftwich, over there, too. Yep. Yep. Got, um, you know, Kitley's been at Tech for a year. I'm going to throw that one out there already for my hot take of the year. I think Texas Tech is going to be really good this year. Look out, folks. Put that, put that, put that under the Jake's Takes column. <laughs> Jake's Takes. Guns up. Guns see up. if that – throw that on the wall. Yeah, you were, uh, <laughs> yeah, you were talking about Texas Tech beating Oregon, right? That was one of your – Oh, man. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take a little bit more time to think about that one, but uh, early early return. I like what I'm. You gotta think. Think I'm seeing from the Red Raiders, so we'll see. Big Joey McGuire fan. Hey, listen, um, real quick on on Texas Tech. Uh, one of just one of the all time football guys that near and dear to my heart, been friends forever. Kirk Bryant was a contestant on The Bachelorette. Um, and he, wow. he really didn't seem to put okay. a ton of effort into the ladies, but he definitely 
he definitely gave those guys some pump up speeches. So, you know, I think he's 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 back in Lubbock. He's single, as far as I know, and uh, and ready to to see what Lubbock has to offer. So, <laughs> Kirk Bryant, my guy, huge fan of him. He's a senior offensive analyst there at, at Texas Tech, and uh, I think I think before long he's gonna be he's gonna be calling an offense himself. He's he's learning a lot, and he's uh, he's he's got some got some of that it factor for sure. Which basically tells any woman that he has zero free time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, and then kind of last thing I can think of, we just kind of talked about maybe, you know, when like Hard Knocks is on, stuff like that, just a little bit of a deep dive of fall camp, you know, maybe getting some feedback from the listeners, what you guys are going through, a little bit of coach perspective, player perspective, you know, differences. Hopefully, you know, we're thinking about trying to get some good guests, maybe current players, current coaches, kind of just want to hear from everybody what what the, you know, kind of different things you go through during fall camp, you know, yeah, sometimes, no you know, kind of like we talked about with LSU, sometimes you're going from year one to year two, and you're making that jump. Sometimes you've got a new coach. So you're still, you know, kind of installing sometimes you've got a quarterback battle sometimes you've got a quarterback that's been there for four years and so it's just like this kid knows the offense like the back of his hand i don't really no have to call a play i might as well just let him go out there and call, <laughs> right. call the plays for me sometimes you've got you know a new offensive line that you've got to break in sometimes you got five guys that have been you know starters for three four years so just kind of talking about the differences that you might experience you know during that fall camp time and we all know it's a grind you know we're talking about sometimes you know most people don't want to be there. Most people aren't enjoying it during that time. It's hot, especially yep. us down here in Texas. You know, we might have some Man. listeners that aren't in Texas, but you know, that heat's for real and it's tough, Oof. but you know, you got to grind through it. You got to, you know, you know, that season's right around the corner and you know that, you know, you got to be your best to, to get to your end goal. So that's kind of one of the last things we'll hit before the year. And then I'll kind of let Dan or Rashad talk about maybe in season. What we're looking yeah, Rashad, you want to you want to hit in season, kind of what we're what we're thinking? Yeah, so um, it's gonna be maybe season. even more than people are expecting. Oh yeah, we're gonna have some fun. This so like in season, we're gonna be focusing on just storylines, right? We're gonna be featuring a play caller of the week. You might 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 send a shirt out to him, you know, no doubt. any play calls that we really liked, any sequence of drives that we loved, right? And uh, really, when it comes for the NFL perspective, just telling the stories of these teams, t- talking about why you know the chiefs wins win so well with pat mahomes with travis kelsey what they do that's so special why what like what happens you know in like you know behind the scenes when it comes to that i'm interested in talking about you know jalen hurts with the eagles and talking about how they kind of reinvent their offense a little bit because just like i mentioned before with the great show on turf they might run into they might run into some issues. They keep running this to keep kind of doing the same concepts over and over again. So they might switch things up this year. And they got to protect Jalen. Jalen got paid, right? So they got to protect no him a little bit. No doubt. So um, really intrigued by just kind of telling stories about just different offenses and like what what it looks like for play calling, uh, the upcoming up and coming play callers in the NFL, um, guys who you know who who will be um, you know figuring out new ways and new creative ways to to run their offenses. Then from the college perspective, just. Uh, looking at different teams from all the different levels of college and going into what they do well, why they do it, and potentially once again getting those play callers in and having us have a conversation with them and getting a little peek behind the curtains. Obviously not going to discuss trade secrets, right? But, you know, giving a peek behind a curtain discussing no what's what's happening, uh, you know, uh 
for what's happening in their building, essentially. No doubt. No, I'm, we're fired up about it. I mean, obviously the preview season is going to be fun. We're all just, we're dying for football season to be here. Yeah. I mean, you hit, you hit June and you're just like, all right, it's got to, got to get here already. Uh, obviously we'll enjoy, enjoy our July 4th break and then it's, it's full speed ahead. Um, so we're, we're fired up about that. I think the season is, the season is so unique with football in, especially from a coach's perspective is you, you are so dialed in on your team on your next opponent, on your roster. And we get all that and respect all that. Um, and one of the things that we're trying to do, I think, for coaches in particular, but also fans, is give you a broader view of some of the trends that are happening, particularly in offensive football. Um, I, I know I've talked to a lot of guys in you know higher levels in college, even in the NFL, that a lot of times they'll say, I don't even know what's going on with other teams or other conferences until the end of the season when I get a chance to go back and look at it. And hopefully, you know, on your commute into the office at 5 a.m. or whenever you're headed in, we'll be able to just give you a few nuggets to think about throughout the course of the season. Uh, we may even, we'll, we'll be hosting this on YouTube as well as podcasting apps. So if you want to jump on YouTube, we'll probably get the board out, get the whiteboard out and, and draw some things up that we're referencing, maybe even share a little bit of film. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I think I think ultimately the goal of this podcast is to really highlight the guys that we think are doing the best job at finding answers in offensive right. football. Because as Rashad said, defenses adjust every year. Uh, you can you may have a system, but I think you're constantly looking for ways to improve. You're constantly looking for an edge, and we're going to try and highlight the guys that we feel like are doing the best at that. Obviously, we have a lot of friends around the country uh, that we're we're gonna we're gonna be keeping a close eye on. Obviously, uh, but we're also just just more generally speaking, gonna make sure you know and have your eye on the trends in offensive football, really. Um, and so, and I, and I hope it's also a podcast where you can you can flip it on while you're working out or something like that, and just feel like you get get a good look around the, uh, the football landscape during the season and you really get to join in on a conversation with us. Like Jake was saying at the beginning of the show, we sit in a room at my house whenever Jake's in Houston and we just chop it up and we talk football and we get on the board and we like hours go by and it is the most fun. And so we really just want to give you guys access to those, those conversations. Cause I know when I was coaching high school ball in North Carolina and I was the only guy on campus, I just desperately wanted to have those conversations. So I think really more than anything, it's, it's letting you guys in on those conversations. We'd love for you to talk back to us as much as possible. If you have ideas, if you have suggestions, offenses you want us to highlight, guys you want us to look at, uh, we're, we're all ears, and it's going to be a really fun season. Victory is a great play call.